Welcome to the Kerwin Baptist Church broadcast today. Our desire is for the Word of God to be spread throughout the world so that all may know Christ. Join us now for a portion of one of our services here at Kerwin Baptist Church, located in Kernersville, North Carolina. John chapter 12. We've been doing a series on Jesus for the past few weeks. We spoke firstly of Jesus as our shepherd. And then we spoke on Jesus as our potter. And then we preached on Jesus being our vine. And then last week we preached about Jesus being our high priest. And today I'd like to culminate this before our missions emphasis week as I'm preaching on Jesus being our king. You ought to thank God that we have a king named Jesus. And I hope that we'll try to do justice through God's Word. A lot of verses. I won't have you turn really at all today, but I'll be giving you a lot of Scripture. And I want to look through Scripture at Jesus being our King. Notice John chapter 12 and beginning in verse 12. This is speaking of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. It says this, On the next day much people that were come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the King of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. And Jesus, when he had found a young ass set thereon, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, or Zion, who is speaking of there, behold, thy King cometh. And all God's people said, By the way, look up here at me. The king is still coming. And that's what we're serving for. That's why we're here this morning. To worship him. Because he defeated death. And because we know that before long he will be coming for his children. How excited we are. Father, I pray you'd bless your word this morning. And Lord, you are our king. Whether we recognize you as that or not, you are king. Lord, whether we treat you as that or not, you're king. And Lord, whether this world recognizes you as that or not, you're king. You're king of kings and Lord of lords. You are above us and above all. And God, we praise your name today. And Lord, we we strive to make much of you today. In your precious name we pray. Amen. I want you to notice first today as we talk about Jesus being our king, that we find in God's word that the first thing we want to deal with is a king being promised. A king promise. You've got to start there. Because before the king came, we were told that he was coming. And we've got to talk about our our king being promised to us even since the Old Testament. It it all really started in Genesis chapter 3. And that was there in the garden. and, And the statement was made that God said, I will put enmity between thee and the woman. Talking about the serpent. And between thy seed and her seed. Remember Satan showed up in the form of a serpent in the Garden of Eden. And God basically proclaimed that I'm going to put enmity between you and the woman. Between her seed and thy seed. And he said this. It, which means the woman's seed, speaking of Jesus that was to come. It will bruise, shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. First time mentioned that a Savior is coming. Jesus is on his way. Psalm 22 talks about the suffering 
suffering that our king would go through as he was promised to come. It says this, for dogs have compassed me. Jesus says, the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I may tell all my bones, they look and stare upon me. They part my garments among them. Remember how the guards divvied up and, and bitch trying to get the garments of Jesus and cast lots upon my vesture. But be thou not far from me, O Lord, O my strength, haste thee to help me. In Isaiah chapter 7 we find this, therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name what? Emmanuel. Then we find in Micah chapter 5, But thou, brethren, Bethlehem, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. We find here again the king is mentioned coming to rule. In Matthew chapter 2 we find saying, Where is he, the wise men said, that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. I'm telling you today that this word of God promised that a king would come. And I'm here to tell you that a king came and died for our sins. And this word tells us that that king is coming back again. He has been promised. Everything in the Old Testament looks ahead to Jesus. Everything in the New Testament looks back to Jesus because he's been promised. I want you to notice secondly this morning, not only does the Word of God speak about a king being promised, but we find our king being prepared. The Bible says that as Jesus was young, he was there in the temple. His parents had lost him and they began to look for them and they finally found him and he said, hey, I must go about my father's business. From the moment that Jesus was born. He was prepared to be king over Israel. Everything about him, he even when tempted, he looked at Satan and said, hey Satan, man shall not live by bread alone. The Bible says that Jesus was tempted in all points like as we were while on this earth, yet without sin. He went through everything we went through, but when we sinned, he didn't. You know why? Because he's king of kings and lord of lords. He's perfect. He couldn't be king of Israel. He could couldn't be king of Zion, and he couldn't be king of you if he wasn't perfect. A king prepared. The uh, Bible says in Luke chapter 19, I thought this was interesting, and when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen. This is when Jesus ascended back into heaven, and he promised them that he would come again, and this is what they said, Blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord. Our king is prepared. I want you to notice, sadly, though, that the Bible speaks about our king being persecuted. And I want to give you some verses about this. Beginning in Matthew chapter 27, the Bible says this, And when they had platted a crown of thorns... They put it on his head and a reed in his right hand and they bowed the knee before him and mocked him saying, Hail, King of the Jews. He was King of the Jews. But they mocked him. They persecuted him. The Bible says in verse 30 that they spit on him and took that reed that they had put in his right hand and they began to smite him on the head. Luke chapter 23 says, And saying, If thou be the King of the Jews, save thyself. They did nothing but mock and ridicule the fact that he believed himself to be king. 
In fact, in Matthew chapter 27, the Bible says, And Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, saying, Art thou the king of the Jews? And Jesus said unto him, Thou sayest. You see, Jesus was king, but they didn't want to recognize him as king. In John chapter 19, it says it was the preparation of the Passover. And about the sixth hour, Jesus said unto the Jews, Behold your king. But they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. Listen to me, dear friend. Our King of kings and Lord of lords was nothing but persecuted while he was here on this earth. And you know why he was persecuted? For you and for me. The Bible says in John chapter 19 that this said the chief priest of the Jews to Pilate, Write not the King of the Jews, but that he said, I am the King of the Jews. That means above his head they said, Don't write King of the Jews, even in ridicule. Write that he said... He was the king of the Jews. They would not recognize him as king. Listen to me. He faced much persecution on earth. You know why? Because they did not want to acknowledge him as king. And such is the case today with us. We want him to be savior. We want him to be redeemer. We want him to be provider. We want him to be the shepherd. We want him to be our potter. We want him to be the high priest intercessing for us. We want him to be the grace giver. And we want him to be the peace giver. And we want him to be the hope giver but we don't want to treat him as king we want to have our things in our life we want to do our things in our way and we want to do what we want to do oh we want all the good things that come from Jesus but we don't want to see him as king in our life we don't want to obey him we don't want to follow him we don't want him to be in utmost charge of our life the same thing he dealt with in those days from those that didn't believe is the same thing Jesus deals with today from those that do. We see him as a lot of things. But even us who are saved sometimes don't treat him as king. A king persecuted. But I want you to notice next in the scripture that the Bible speaks of our king prevailing. In Matthew chapter 28 beginning in verse 5 the Bible says and the angel said unto the woman fear not ye for I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified. Listen to this. He is not here for he is risen as he said come and see the place where the Lord lay. Oh, he was persecuted. But let me tell you about our king. He, was, he, he died on the cross. He was thrown into a grave. And he laid in that grave for three days. And he hung on that cross as a savior. But listen to me, dear friend. When he rose out of that tomb and he got out of that grave, he arose king of kings and lord of lords. Listen to me. He wasn't born in a king's cradle. He didn't wear kingly garments. He didn't get much to eat at king's tables. He didn't get the royal chariot. He didn't get the royal scepter. He didn't get the royal sword. He wasn't even buried in a king's tomb. Well, but when he hung on that cross, he was the sacrificial lamb. When he hung on that cross, he was the person that they ridiculed and mocked. But when he rose from that grave, when he prevailed over sin, he then was king of kings and lord of lords. He's a prevailing king. And because he beat death, because he defeated death, he can defeat your problem here this morning there's no need in your life he can't meet there's nothing that's needed in your life he can't do you know why because he's a king 
that prevails. We find next in Scripture, after he rose again, that he ascended into heaven, and we find next that the Bible speaks of a king positioned. You say, where is he positioned? Well, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8, it says, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Let me tell you where our king is right now. He is sitting at the right hand of the throne of God. And while he's sitting there, he is making intercession for you and for me. He's ministering between us and God. He was our mediator. He's the one that connected us to God the Father. And while our king rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, he he is positioned right now waiting for his return. You ought to be glad he's in the position he's in right now. He's interceding for you and he's interceding for me. Every time I commit sin, he intercedes between me and the Father. Every time I have a prayer and I have a need, I can go directly to the Father through Jesus Christ because he intercedes. By the way, let me tell you something, a little bit of a of a freebie. It wouldn't make sense to a lot of you. There's been, I guess, in some of our circles or preachers in our circles that there's been some preaching in past years on prayer that, uh, and, and different things was said that maybe we shouldn't say in Jesus' name when we pray because it becomes a ritual. You look at me. You look at your pastor. I'm not the wisest man in the world. I haven't been around like a lot of people have, but you look at me. You better pray in Jesus' name. That's the only reason you get to pray is because Jesus is your king. And he's sitting at the right hand of the throne of God. And he's interceding for you right now. We have a king that is lowly enough, that is ministering for us right now as we speak. While we're sitting in here enjoying the blessings our king has provided, he is busy interceding for us right now. I want you to notice next that we find a king preparing you see, while he's sitting there interceding with us, answering me every time I call on him, answering you every time you call on him, answering prayers of every Christian that ever prays, you don't know how God can do it. You don't know how Jesus can answer everybody at once. It's just amazing how he does it. But let me tell you what he's also doing right now. He is preparing a place for you. Because the Bible, we've quoted it a number of times, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, Jesus says, believe also in me. You believe in my Father, you better believe in me. Believe also in me. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. He's preparing. Have you ever just thought what he's preparing? Let me tell you about our mansions in heaven. We don't go to heaven because of a mansion. We go to heaven because God is there and Jesus is there and the Holy Spirit is there and the three are one and they will rule for an eternity in heaven. We go because Jesus purchased our way. But let me tell you about our mansion. This Bible has promised it to us. Now you'll have these Bible scholars that say, well, the word might not really be mansion. It might be building or it might be whatever. Let me tell you something. It's a mansion. Let me tell you why I know it's a mansion. Because it's greater than anything you or I could imagine. And I can imagine a lot. And you can too. Can you just imagine what heaven's going to look like? Because Jesus, who was a carpenter on earth, is the one building the mansions for us right now. He's preparing. He not only is interceding. He not only is busy. 
But he is preparing, working, designing. Every time a person gets saved, a building begins to be erected for them. Every time a person comes to Christ, he starts on a new mansion. He's got it going on. He's working hard. He's preparing. He's anticipating the day when he gets to come back to earth and get his children that he died for and bring them back with him. A king preparing. I want you to notice... Lastly, this morning, the Bible says that our king will be pronounced. You see, the day will come as Jesus is sitting on the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus himself does not know when he's coming back. The Bible said only God the Father knows that. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the throne of God. Somehow he's there interceding for us. Somehow he's busy putting mansions together. I don't know how he does it. You can figure it out. You let me know. There's a whole bunch in this Bible I can't figure out. It's too great for me to figure out. But the Bible says his ways are above our ways. So all I know is he does it. But he's sitting there ready. Even the son doesn't know. But the day is going to come when God the father is going to look over to his son. And he's going to say, go. And Jesus is going to leap out of that seat. And when he leaps out of that throne, let me tell you something. It's going to make such a noise that it's going to sound like thunder here on earth, like lightning striking. And all of a sudden, in an instant, God the Father is going to give the word to God the Son. And our King, our King, the one who died for us, the one that we worship, he will leave heaven, come to here on earth. Let me read it to you. In Psalm 24, the Bible says, Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up everlasting doors and the king of glory shall come in who is this king of glory the lord strong and mighty the lord mighty in battle why is he a king because he won every battle that he ever fought he defeated every foe he ever faced that's why he's king lift up your heads O ye gates even lift them up the everlasting doors and the king of glory shall come in who is this king of glory the lord of hosts Listen to this. He is the king of glory. First Thessalonians tells us, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. Listen to this. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain shall be caught up Notice this, live and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Listen to me. They might ridicule him now. Folks might use his name in vain now. They might make fun of him on the sitcoms, and they might joke about him on the late-night comedy routines. They might say he was just a man, or there might be a governor in Minnesota that'll say he's just a crutch for weak people. Atheists might condemn him. Humanists might mock him. 
The religious secular community might criticize him. Listen to me, dear friends. But when that trumpet sounds, he will not be the butt of any jokes. He won't be the punchline for any comedians. He will not be the man upstairs or just a good man that lived. He will be pronounced king of kings and lord of lords. He's our king. You can make fun of him now if you want to. Doesn't bother God a bit. You can criticize him now if you want to. Doesn't change one thing with Jesus. Because the day is coming when he gets the word from the Father that he will take his rightful place for all of mankind to recognize as King of kings and Lord of lords. You might not call him king now, but one way or the other, you will call him king then. I want to read you a couple of verses. 1 Timothy chapter 6 says this, which in his times he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Let me give you a verse in Revelations chapter 17. It says, these shall make war with the Lamb, but the Lamb shall overcome them. For he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are with him, listen to this, they that are with him, are you with him this morning? They that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. Let me tell you something, dear friend. He wouldn't be much of a shepherd if he wasn't a king. He wouldn't be much of a potter if he wasn't a king. He wouldn't be much of a vine if he wasn't a king. In fact, he really couldn't even be a good high priest if he wasn't king of kings. Look at me, dear friend. He's my king, and he's your king too. Father, we thank you this morning for using your word to display your power and position. Lord, I pray that you would help us to recognize you for who you are. Lord, I pray that we would bow before you. Lord, I pray that we would honor and recognize you. You're our king. You've purchased our redemption. You defeated Satan and you defeated death. And that, Lord, made you the greatest king that's ever existed. Lord, I want to thank you for being my king, even when I didn't treat you as such. It could be this morning that there might be some of you ought to find an altar this morning. Maybe you ought to just get on your altar and you ought to say, God, you are king. I haven't treated you as such. I've done things my way and had my, my wishes and my desires. But you're king. And I recognize you as such today. I'm sorry. I want to treat you as king. I want to obey you as king. I want to honor you as king. I want to recognize you as king in my life. Because he is. Father, I pray that you'd bless and work. Thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Now, Lord, I've done what you've asked me to do. I've just tried to brag on you and proclaim what God's word teaches. Lord, I pray you'd bless our people. Help them to know that I do love them. I am young and I am new, but I do love them. 
Lord, I want you to be magnified in this church and in this ministry. And that only happens when you are magnified in our individual personal lives. Lord, we ask you to work on hearts this morning.
Thank you for listening today. We hope you received a blessing from our broadcast. The Kerwin Baptist Church is located at 4520 Old Hollow Road in Kernersville, North Carolina. You may also contact us by phone at 336-993-5192 or via the web at kerwinbaptistchurch.com. Enjoy our services live and all our media on our website and church app. Thank you for listening to the Kerwin broadcast today. God bless you.